This is the Epic New Podcast. Two idiots and a list. Where you're going to get two idiots and a list. And now, coming to you live from Circle Avenue Studios, your hosts, Nick Fasolo and Kirik McMillan. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Two Idiots and a List. We are here live at Circle Avenue Studios for the first time together since we recorded our very first pod. I'm here today, as always, with my co-host, Nick Fasolo. Hey, Garrick, thanks for uh, having me back to Circle Avenue Studios. It's, it's uh, good to be out again. That pandemic is a bitch. Indeed. We're almost at the end of it, though. Indeed. Speaking of yeah, viral earworms, um, we're going to be talking about Journey today. And uh, that's a band for me, uh, always around, like always just like in the background of my life. They've been like at every party that I've ever been to, at every, you know, in every goddamn movie, it seems like there's a Journey song. Um, they are they, ubiquitous. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And and um, like this band has been around since like 72 or 73. Something like that. It's like really early on, but... Like, they didn't hit their full stride until uh, Steve Perry joined the band in somewhere around 78. Yeah. Is and that there? first stuff was really, really proggy. It yeah. was, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. kind of, I didn't have a taste for it. I, it felt like a mix of, oh, I don't know, ELO, Alan Parsons, maybe a, a pixie dust sprinkling of Little River Band. Yeah. And then, you know, Perry comes in and, you know, they become, they're, they're not a rock band. They're, they're not. No. They're, they're like a post disco quasi dance rock like i don't know if there's any other band quite like them it's like a heavier version of air supply (laughs) it is yeah (laughs) and they have many derivatives you know bad english and john Waite. you know had a you know a nice career there for a hot minute and even richard marx kind of got jumped on that bandwagon although if you're not like listen i'm not going to shit on richard marx because the man will come after me at at twitter i mean the man (laughs) is an absolute assassin on twitter you read his shit he's fucking great My grandfather actually worked with his father. His father was a jingle writer for um, Leo Burnett. Like, and he used to say, like, yeah, I remember Richard playing piano in his house and stuff like that. Anyhow, I digress. Let's move on. It's uh, a random fact. It's, it is a random fact. Like, I just don't, I want all the love to go out to Richard Marks. Don't come <laughs> after me. But anyhow, like, there are many derivatives of Journey. But, they, like, these guys were the, like, the, the, you know, they're, they're still, what, they're top 100 all-time selling something uh, like acts that. In, it's crazy uh, yeah it's crazy the amount of the amount of hits they had the amount of um records that were sold the crazy successful band crazy successful yeah, yeah. i never owned one of their albums until i got the journey greatest, greatest hits. hits everybody had Journey's everybody had hits. it and and it, you know when we were so our format here of making a list we pick our top five songs and an honorable mention I had the darndest time, to use something my mother would probably say, figuring out shout out to Dorcas. six yes shout out to Dorcas, <laughs> figuring out six songs, uh, and and not having all six of them come off of that greatest hits compilation. Well, but I mean, their greatest hits compilation that's kind of what it is, right? Yeah, like, there's, there's... they truly picked all of their great hits. <laughs> they did, they did. But Perry's, Perry was with the band from 78 to 87. It's really nebulous, kind of like where he left off. But it was like, you know, he was there for maybe 10, 11 years. 
And the, the guy that they have now, Pineda, has been with them for a longer period of time. I didn't know that. He joined the band in 2007. I, I, what I've seen from his live performances, I haven't seen them live myself, but from stuff on online. Never saw Journey Live? I've never seen Journey Live. Really? No. No. I have. I'd like to, but but I want to see <laughs> no, no, I want to see Steve Perry Journey. I don't want to see Filipino Journey. I'll tell you what. It's like I, it's like sour cream and light sour cream, right? They're just not quite the same. You would think. And I listen. I don't know. Steve Perry is you know I don't I don't put him up there with like these stellar front men that you just can't get get along with. Um, listen, I saw Journey open up for Def Leppard uh, at Wrigley Field, and we were you know whatever hundred yards away and you could not tell the difference between steve perry and this guy yeah that's the reason why he's in the band he hits every note he he even you know kind of has a stage presence like him he's always running around and this frenetic you know they found him on youtube right yes now how they found neil schoen found him on youtube and he was in a cover band in the philippines yeah i mean i suppose that's the move i mean if you lose your, your your front man you know there's there's a dozen cover bands out there in the world that are doing your shit so you better than you are. Do, do you find yourself, and this was a weird, you know, as as listening to their stuff, I found myself conflicted, right? There was something, and it was a question that popped up. Are you fulfilled or conflicted by Journey? Well, so, what do you mean fulfilled? Uh, you know, is it something that makes you feel good? Or is it something where you're like, I just don't know how I feel about this band. There's a lot of anger that I have listening to some of their songs. Yeah. And it's not any anger pointed at any... It's just like, I don't know why... I don't know. It's like, why do I know all the fucking words to love and touch and squeeze her? All of them. I know all the words to send her my love. All of them. I don't... That's why I'm angry. Why the fuck do I know that? Like, it wasn't like, again, I didn't own these albums. No. Is it so much that, like, someone just put the, the, the Journey's Greatest Hits disc in and just let it play the whole way through? Yeah. Right? It was, oh, like, yeah. on the five CD disc changer, and everybody just, like, the first five songs on that album are, like, all the, you know, the big the big ones. You know, sure. Don't Stop Believing and everything like that. Right. And then they just let it go. Like, they'd walk away and just, like, let it go and let it play, and then all of a sudden you're, you're loving, touching, squeezing, and it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do I know this? It's like Hall and Oates shit. Like, why do I know all of their lyrics too? Yeah, I'm angry about that. But I Take have a brain space that I need. I, I have more respect for Hall and Oates than I do for Journey for some Way reason. More. And I don't know why that is. I mean, it's not bad music. It's not poorly written. Their songs are intricate. They're they're not the sort of carbon copy of the same song over and over for the most part. And I'm probably looking at this from a greatest hit standpoint versus. Their albums, because there's so many fucking ballads on these albums. I mean, it's their like... albums are junk. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm gonna run you through Infinity because I'm not. I'm even gonna pay attention to the first ones without Steve Perry. Here's Steve Perry's albums: Infinity, '78. You had Lights and Anytime. That's it. Then you have uh, Evolution, 1979. You have Legend, Love and Touch and Squeezing. There's no other hit on that album. That's their second album. Departure, 1980. Any way you want it. That's it. Escape. Don't Stop Believing. That's their big one. Journey Escape from 81. Right. Don't Stop Believing, Stone in Love, blah, blah, blah. And then you have Raised on the Radio, or I'm sorry, Frontiers in 83. Has two hits off of it. Raised on the Radio has one. And their greatest, and that's it. So like those five albums have like, you know, that's your greatest hits album. Which is what, 15 songs long, I think? Yeah. 
I mean, they weren't as lazy as Van Halen. <laughs> but I mean, you know, they, they really didn't. They didn't pack a lot into those albums, but I mean that. I guess that that was kind of the way. You know, like there's there's very few albums that like top to bottom are are great. But I mean, still, I mean, you got two fucking songs off of each album. Blah. When I was listening to their albums, I would hear a song that was off of greatest hits. The song would end, and I'd be ready for the next song to come off of greatest hits. Like I knew yeah, in exactly. my head what that next song yeah. was supposed to be, which it turned out to not be because it wasn't off that album. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the the greatest hits that came when Perry decided to take a hiatus. Okay. So that was what eighty six, I think, was the last album they put out, it was on and his then eighty seven yeah. or eighty eight was when the greatest hits came out. And right. that's I, I think Columbia was saying, "Wow, we've sold a shitload of albums, and let's um, let's do that again." But they're not producing anything, so we'll put out a greatest hits, and it turned out to be like one of the best selling greatest hits albums of all time. It is. I mean, besides, like, the, the, what I can think of is, like, you know, the best of the Eagles, that that album, for whatever you think about the Eagles, and they'll get their time in the breach, too. Um, that's a great album. And this one, like, as far as greatest hits albums goes, like, this one pretty much is, this is it. It's right. pretty good. Right. It is It is good. I, here's the other thing. The, the ubiquity of Journey, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to, like, it wasn't so much the radio that I was listening to as I was watching MTV, like, like it was my fucking job. And Journey was everywhere. They were, like, the first band, well, one of the first American bands to get their shit together and get a video production crew together and put out videos. Right. And looking back on their videos, they are funny then and not funny, like, in the David Lee Roth, I went out of my way to be funny. No. Funny just because they are so fucking bad. They're yeah. Terrible, but they were, they were always on rotation in MTV because it was an American band that had a video, and then they had this this uh, this concert from Houston in 1981. I think I saw clips of that. It was, and I thought I saw that that was recorded by NFL Films, which I thought was an odd source for recording music. So yeah. NFL Films must have their production crews in different areas doing different things for different reasons. They did it for MTV because MTV, you know. MTV comes on the air in August of 81. This was shot in November of 81. And it was done for MTV because I think they went to them and said, listen, we have nothing to run. We have no, like, nothing. And so they played that concert in its full entirety. Like, I must have seen it 50 times. Right. Just because it was on and I'm watching TV. Yeah. And there it is. And then I see, you know, and it was, it was fine. It was like their greatest hits album all over because they edited out a lot of shit too. So it was like an hour block and they would give you an hour of the, the, the concert and they would do a weird thing with, they'd give you an hour of the concert. And then two hours later, they would give you a different hour of the same concert, but it's the only concert footage they had. So they're like, they rolled it out and right. there it was. And, and that's why, that's why I know, um, you know, any way you want it, I know it backwards and forwards. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like myself because of it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's then this. let's uh, let's get this underway. Uh, okay. So for our first round, we are going to do our honorable mentions. Now, I'm going to uh, I'm going to disappoint you here and do what I did for David I Lee Roth, but I, I just couldn't get around it. My honorable mention is O'Sherry. Oh, 
red hot solo career and you just can't deny <laughs> Steve Perry his due. It's a great tune. It's a great tune. I like it. It's, <laughs> I like it. I it's mean, it, you know, it's typical. It, it's very much along the vein of Journey. If you when you listen to the song, you don't think, "Wow, this is Steve Perry doing his solo stuff." It's fucking Journey. It just yeah. doesn't have the rest of the band behind it. There's really not much difference in the songwriting, and those guys were pretty involved with their songwriting. They, you know, everybody contributed to it. There's multiple writing credits on on most of those songs. So it's not like you took something that was distinctly Journey, pulled Steve Perry out of that, he wrote his own song, and now you've got Apples and Oranges. It's it's pretty comparable. Yeah, it's a Journey. It's a it's another Journey song. So I'll allow it this time. All right. But O'Sherry is, is one of my favorites too. <laughs> so, it is in, in in a in a in a heavy rotation in my playlist. O'Sherry. I don't know why. I think it's because it uh, like that 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 came out. I want to say probably freshman year. Our freshman year, yep. And um, you know that—that's it was a monster hit for him. It was big, and it was just—I I, don't—I don't know. I don't think I know anybody named Sherry. So I can't no, argue I don't either. <laughs> but keeping in that vein of like you know sappy, just I guess the like love songs or whatever. Um, they they have their their fair share of those. Oh and, my gosh! Uh, yes. And they're just you know syrupy and they're bleh, but I have to give it to them. Like my honorable mention is faithfully. For some reason, well, I know the reason. Like, the reason was, like, this is the one. That's, like, the go-to song, the breakup go-to song. Yep. Like, that's it. Like, I'm not alone in any of this. Nope. Right? And, and this song came out in, I think it was uh, off their, Jesus Christ, I don't know. It was their, oh, off Frontiers in 83. Yeah. So, but it, but it's still, like, you know, the, the major breakups that happened in, like, high school even. Like, yeah. The, the, you just the song finds you like in the it darkest, the does. deepest, darkest places. It absolutely like, does. And those those opening keys, you're like, oh man, it's yeah. all coming back. And then you know, for that reason, <laughs> this was my number three. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I heard it, and it just absolutely catapulted me back to <laughs> to my freshman year of college. Yeah. And this was the perfect breakup song for a long distance relationship, oh, yeah. which I was in, and it didn't work out. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're going to peel the foil off some 12-year-old scotch here and get soused on air telling <laughs> everybody about our woes from 30 years ago. I'm, I'm sure they'll love it. Yeah, that's but that that was it, man. That That is the, the, the breakup song. Like, I think that if you were going to make a list of breakup songs, that, 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 that one probably pretty much tops the list. I think good. lyrically, it's probably my favorite song of theirs. Yeah. Just the way the... Tells a good story. The way the story is told. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, if you're in that position when you hear this song... It absolutely, you know, it fits like a glove. Yeah, so. I'm forever yours. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll come back around to that. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to my number five. I picked just the same way.
again, I had a hard time. Punchy lyrics? Uh, yeah, punchy lyrics. I I wanted to do something that was, you know, not on that Greatest Hits album. At least I don't think it was on that Greatest Hits album. And I think I might have one more off of that. But I... This no, song no, hold kind on of, a second. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I want to come back to that. This song kind of found its way into radio play here and there on, you know, the WLSs and LUP and uh, stuff like that. Outside of everything that was on the, the Greatest Hits soundtrack. So I, uh, I, I like this song. All right. So let me get back to this. You picked the song because it wasn't on the Greatest Hits album. It was part of the reason. Right. And so this goes back to your whole fandom of Rush and everything. This is what I can't stand about Rush fans. <laughs> is because you're out there, it's like, oh, I'm not going to do what the mainstream is, man. I'm going to do so. I'm going to zag when everybody zigs and shit. I'm gonna, you know, like the fucking list has been made for you. They put a perfect Greatest Hits <laughs> album together, and you got to find the one nugget that's okay, that <laughs> just, just the same way. <laughs> like, come on. I'm not sure that, that zigging and zagging can be used in a discussion around Journey. It's about as mainstream as you can get. <laughs> Safe mom rock. That's pretty much <laughs> That's what right. it is. Like, we're trying to identify what it is, and it's mother. It's, it's mom rock. Yeah, it's, it's like a warm, a warm cup of soup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, number five here. Number five for me is um, the, uh, the Anytime. Ooh, anytime that you want me. Uh, didn't they have a song that rolled into that? Um, I don't know. Anytime. Anyhow, I like that one. Anytime. I'm yeah. not remembering it. Um, it's got the really cool phaser drum fill. Okay. And Neil Schoen's guitar work is, you know, his solo on that is really good. Like, that is like, that's Neil Schoen from Santana days. Like, right. he's, a, he's a shredder. It's like, so I will give it to Neil Schoen. Like, when you're 17 years old, and in 1971, and Santana and Derek and the Dominoes are looking to add you to the lineup. Yeah. That's something. Like, you've got something there. They had and two guys from Santana. Sean and yeah. the, uh, either the keyboardist or the bass player. I don't remember. Yeah. But two of those guys came from Santana. And it, so anytime when you go back and listen to it, like, you will be like, oh, shit, I remember that song. Of course, it's a huge. It was one of, it was a big, big hit for it. And it was on the Greatest Hits album. Right, right. I think. Now, now I, don't know. Uh, I don't know that it was. Maybe I don't remember. I fell into my own trap. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're turning into a Rush fan every day. Oh, a little I'm more, a little more. Rush fan under the covers. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I just getting back to Greatest Hits really quick. I had run some math on this, um, and I was just thinking about CDs in general. For some reason, why this Greatest Hits thing made me think about this, I don't know. But in 86, call it, you would pay about 15 bucks yep. for a CD, mm-hmm. right? If you run it through the inflation calculator, that's $36 today. Those fuckers were raping us for 36 bucks oh, yeah. for discs. Oh, yeah. Which is stupid. Which is why I have no love lost for the record companies. Like, the artists are getting royally screwed these days, but... I agree, yeah. yeah. They're getting... They're getting fucked, but like the, the the Columbia's and you know all the other big uh, labels, like fuck them. They were yeah, they were raping us. Sixteen yeah. bucks for an album in 1986 was bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I saw something that said the um, 
the, the birth of digital streaming and stuff like that actually expanded their market. So it doesn't necessarily do well for the, the record companies per se from the standpoint of profit on an, uh, on an individual sale basis. But what it did do was it allowed people who weren't affluent suburban Caucasians who could cough out 15 or $16 for a, for a compact disc, it gives them access to music today that they didn't have. All they had was radio. The benefit of streaming is that you expanded the market. And from an artist's standpoint, you know, we've talked about me being in a couple of different bands. I've got two original albums. And if this was 1988, nobody would have them because... Sure. Well, for one thing, we wouldn't have been able to record them without going into an expensive studio. And secondly, there wouldn't be any platform for sharing them. You know? Yeah, the industry is definitely flattened to bring more music to more people. I would just wish that the artists got a bigger cut of it. But oh, yeah. That's yeah. that's always been the way, though. I have some, some math for another song that we'll get to uh, as well. But it's kind of shocking when you, hear the, when you hear the numbers on it. Mm. All right, that brings us to... Number four, and my number four is feeling that way. I liked this song because it had, uh, it is also not on the greatest hits. That's not why I picked it though. Right. Uh, it is, I like the fact that they have two different vocals going in this. Okay, so feeling that way is the lead in to anytime. Or anytime oh, is yeah, the yeah, lead in yeah. to no. feeling that okay, way. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? Feel, it's the other way around. Anytime follows feeling that way. Follows it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it starts out with that. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I've got the precursor to that one, and I believe neither of them are on the greatest hits. No, so. you're right about that. Uh, we're, we're a perfect match, Garrett. So that's right. <laughs> we're like puzzle pieces fitting together. Uh, the keyboardist is the other vocal on this song, and when you look at some of the other song credits for Journey, you know, obviously Perry is the powerhouse vocalist for this band, but the rest of the band does plenty good singing. Uh, that was well stated. Plenty good. Yeah. The rest of the band does a, a good job, you know, with their vocals as well, contributing to the layered sound that they have. And uh, I, I like this song. Uh, the keyboardist actually wrote the song. He's a big time uh, Christian rock guy now, I think. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. mm. Christian rock always gets me, man. When I used to listen to the radio, and it wasn't too long ago that I had a, 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 a car stereo that I would, instead of using my phone, you'd be like scrolling through the channels looking for something, and then always, 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 you would hit upon like a song that you haven't really heard. There's 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 good music. There's there's a good riff, and then all of a sudden, then they're talking about I'm the light, and I'm seeing. And I was like, okay, this is a Christian rock fucking station. They got me again. Mother. I'm uh, I'm in a Facebook group of guys that. Um... Uh, it was started by a guy that we went to high school with, and it's like a music and movies kind of social group. And the, they'll they'll post. There are a lot of metalheads in this in this Facebook group, and they'll post all kinds of stuff. Bands I've never heard of before, and one that I keep seeing over and over again. What what was the Christian metal band? Wasp. Wasp. No, no. Was it Wasp? 
Was it Wasp? Striper. Striper. Yes. To hell with the devil. That's right. <laughs> Striper. It always surprised me that these guys who are into some pretty diehard metal music also put Striper in no that category. fucking way. <laughs> I thought it was weird too, but <laughs> in, in Striper's defense, I've never heard one of their songs. I'm... I'm Yellow and black spandex. Yellow and black. Yeah, they look like bees. Yeah. We are bees. (laughs) So that brings us to your number four. Number four. four. Uh, This is a um, a song off of a soundtrack, and it is also off of one of their later albums, um, Raised on the Radio. But it was on the soundtrack. That's the way I found this song was on a really awful, shitty movie that, again, um, it's like I didn't do anything with my life in the 80s except watch TV. I was, you know, it, it was a shitty Sean Astin, Kevin Bacon vehicle called uh, Whitewater River. I, I can't read this fucking handwriting. Whitewater Summer. It's fucking terrible. It's never heard of it. Oh, it's one of the worst movies ever. But it comes in handy when you are playing Six Degrees of Seven Bacon, uh, Kevin Bacon, Six Degrees of Seven Bacon, <laughs> which is his son, Seven, named after Mickey Mantle. Kevin Bacon, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, because he has Sean Astin in it, and that, that's a good link to all the other... Never mind, let's move on. Um, but this is like the end song that they, they roll the credits on, and uh, I've always liked it. It's always, you know, it's got a nice, positive... It could be a Christian rock song, because it is a very positive kind of message. Um, be good to yourself. You know, it's again, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a positive message. I guess that's all. I mean, it's like, like, like we, like, I think we're going to run in a lot with this band. It's like, there's not much else to say. It's it's not. They're kind of a flat, like, eh, okay. Yeah, it's sort of a shoulder shrug band. You're like, eh, okay, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's sing-along music. Um, and we must have pounded the crap out of that Greatest Hits album when we were in high school oh, yeah. because it just it's so much of it and it wasn't even just like us hanging around with our buddies I, you know I no, think I was listening a... to it with my girlfriend I think I was listening to it on my own you're in a bar in college and it was on yeah I mean it was, it was on everywhere. all the time it was everywhere so, yeah. alright uh, that brings us to our number threes you sniped mine which was faithfully oh so that brings us back to yours. Um, I like uh, Stone in Love. You know, one of their kind of, I guess, their hard rocking tunes, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's like a, you know, again, it's like another party song that you kind of like to, you know, it's, it's got Neil Schoen's guitar riff is really simply, which is very good, right? Hard rocking, he got it, he got it on that song, and uh, you know, Steve Perry's added lyrics is, you know, he's got a lot of soaring lyrics in this. That's that's kind of his talent, like this big soaring kind of vocals that would like ride on top of uh, Neil Schoen's guitar work like this this is a perfect example of that yeah that song I, I like it yeah 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 yeah. 
That was swimming around in the uh, in, in the shallow water when I was making my list. And yeah. It didn't quite make it to, make it up there, but uh, I, I did. I do like that song. Okay, that brings us to our segment: masturbatory fantasies. Yeah, there's a lot uh, there. Listen to Prince if you want to understand the background behind that story. So you're going to see Journey with two other bands. Who are those bands going to be? Well, it's got to be a themed uh, show. I think that you take all the shitty mom rocks and I, all deference to the moms. Maybe I'll come up with a better term of that. <laughs> all the shitty just kind of Way like, to alienate half our audience. <laughs> yeah. You should probably edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about that. You know, just milk toast rock. And, you know, if it's going to be a theme tonight, I'm going to go all in. So Foreigner's going to lead off the bill oh, here for me. Baby, you're yeah. speaking my language. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> Um, and you know, big you know vocals, baby. That's what we're all about tonight. Um, Foreigner is going to lead this off with Lou Graham in, in all of his gloriousness and Lou Graham's hair. Is he going to do his uh, what was his midnight big blue? Midnight baby. blue. Thing. Midnight blue. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. I remember uh, the solo. All these guys that depart their bands and they make their best, you know, dance songs. Well, I just. I just heard Midnight Blue the other day. I'm like, oh, that is going on the playlist. <laughs> Cherry red. I love Midnight Blue. <laughs> so Lou Graham and his hair is going to be kicking off the night. Then Journey's going to come on in the uh, in the interim uh, just to play a, a quick five five song set because I've heard enough of them. And then Ario Speedwagon <laughs> going to roll up the night with uh, all of their awful greatest hits. One of the stranger looking lead singers out there. Kevin. Kevin something or Cronin? other. That sounds right. It's not Kevin. Those guys were huge. Not Kevin Dubrow. He's that was uh, Quiet Riot, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, Ario was big. They were big. Local guys, right? U of I. Yeah, they are. They are Illinoisans. Yeah. All right, I'm. Uh, I'll see. Oh, I don't know any of the later albums with Perry, so that you get all the hits you want to hear. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to to cover the sort of rocky side or, or heavier rock side of things. We're going to throw in some Billy Squire. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And then, to compliment... Rock the me tonight. Rock me tonight. <laughs> Is he going to jump around in his purple tank top, his pink tank top? I hope so. And, uh, Otherwise, warmers. I'm leaving. <laughs> and his pink leg warmers. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk around, strut about. Billy Squire's awesome. He's awesome. Uh, listen to him talk about the videos that he did. And, because, again, he was one of the first American bands to like get his shit together with the videos things. And he talks about them now, and he's like, man, I don't know what I was doing. I was just listening to the fucking director. And he just, had a big career, and then he huge. just sort of disappeared. Like yeah. I, I don't understand what happened to that guy. He didn't make the, the misstep that, um, um, oh, who's the guy that sings Do You Feel Like We Do? Uh Frampton. Frampton. You know, Frampton had a couple of missteps in there where he where he made some goofy albums. I don't remember Squire doing anything th- like that. It's like he just like his time was done. Yeah, he made like two albums and then that was it. He was yeah. out of there. Yeah, he didn't hang around like Eddie Money and fuck around you know, with right. drugs and alcohol and just keep on <laughs> playing the taste of Lombard ten years later. Like, oh, warning, respect the cops out there. <laughs> warning the warning the crowd that he's going to get his license back in six months and they yeah. shouldn't drive drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, yeah, that was sad. Pour one out for Eddie. All right, so to round out my uh, my night, Billy Squire and uh, Journey, and I'm going to throw in to cover the the heart tugging songs, the Outfield. I had outfield on here. Did you? Yes, I did. 
It was right there. You see, I scratched it out because I wanted something a little bit uh, more. I'm like, so sad. Yeah. <laughs> feeling oh blue. The outfield is such trash. <laughs> that guy just died. Did he? Yeah, the lead singer. I, I had two of their albums. Yes, and you did. I, <laughs> and yes, I, you did. I think that kind of made it into that same playlist era of me wallowing in my own crapulence I, well, you know, I, when I the relationship ended. Actually, I think I took the second one away from you. <laughs> you may Because have. you just kept on cycling through it. I'm like, listen, you're not going to like me when I do this, but I'm taking this away from you because I believe that it is the cork that has plugged up your life. Like when I take this out, it's all going to drain. It's all going to feel better in a couple of days. Like, I took it, and I had it for nine months. And I don't even know what the album's title is. Or the, the, Couldn't tell you. I uh, remember that sort of pastel art that was on the cover of, of their albums. Yeah, because Play Deep, is um, that was their first one. But their second one was a little bit more moody. Yes. And that's what you were, that, that was, you, that's what you were at the bar for. I was, I was chin deep in a, at that point. <laughs> Yeah, if only I had found that a year earlier when I was going through my breakup. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been a whole different life. All right, that brings us to <laughs> our <laughs> our number twos. <laughs> number two. My number two is, let me get to it here. There we go. My number two is Separate Ways. separate ways and just as soon as you say it i hear that fucking keyboard and i see the video was them playing air instruments to their to their to the track <laughs> was it and the fucking guy the keyboard guy is doing air keyboards and i'm like <laughs> you couldn't have made it any less cooler in 1984 they were a nerdy band <laughs> oh man they were a nerdy band and they I... sold it too they sold it <laughs> they worked hard Neil shown just rocking out on his air guitar oh that that head of hair he had mm. in the early days was nothing short of magnificent that was delicious well when he was with santana it was a full blown out <laughs> fucking yeah bro it was like a like a foot and a half radius around his <laughs> yeah. head that, yeah that's tough to achieve yeah how do you get through doors <laughs> you don't Sideways. worry about ceiling fans or... <laughs> yeah. i like this song this song had a great driving rhythm it was you know you can't really tag a lot of power rock songs uh, you know with the name journey this one kind of felt that way it's another angsty breakup song and maybe that's why maybe that's why it sits where it well, does on my, on my list find <laughs> right? it's me pining away in a dorm room with a dorm room with a you know a 24 pack of, of old style light <laughs> And this is the time where, like, you're done feeling sorry for yourself, and now it's going to be like, someday love's going to find you. I'm gonna, yeah. And I'm going to find it. Sing it to me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Learning a lot about Cure tonight. I thought you I saw, knew it all. You saw those dark years. You, you yes. remember them good and Listen, well. we all had them. That's right. We all had them. All right, what you got? Uh, this is from... Uh, this is another movie off of a soundtrack, and that's how I found it. Um, but it is, I believe, on the greatest hits. It's called Only the Young. Mm-hmm. 
this is off of the Vision Quest soundtrack. You ever see Vision Quest? I don't think I have. Is that the wrestling movie? Fucking great movie, man. Yeah, Matthew Modine yeah. Uh, plays Loudon Downey, I think. Yeah, Loudon. I think it's Loudon Downey. A young Linda Fiorentino is a love interest. Ooh. These sultry, smoky, uh, <laughs> transient that just happens to move into this kid's house. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah, he's a wrestler. And then his, be- his best friend is, you'd know him better from Jake from 16 Candles. Oh yeah, he has the yeah. mohawk. Yeah, yeah. It's a great. Uh, it's it's a great '80s movie because it has all that kind of like you know it's it's, it's a melange of '80s culture kind of packed into one. Madonna plays you know plays herself as a, uh, a a bar singer and she does Crazy for You, one of my favorites of hers. Um, and this 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 um, this song um, only the young is a uh, the the backdrop soundtrack. The non-diegetic sound to a um, a great '80s montage of training. You know, okay. you had the, you know, all the movies that have the, the training montage, sure. yeah. the, the yeah, Rocky yeah. one, Rocky, Top, right. they all had them. This was one of them where um, you know Matthew Modine is 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 the is is cutting weight. <laughs> well, it's about wrestling. Right? <laughs> that, that's like him running around in a losing foil suit. <laughs> He's just wrapped in sitting in a, in a hot shower, just in a rubber suit, just trying to make weight. Wrapped in saran wrap, eating butter. It's great. It's great. I love the song. It's great. Talk about a career that ended abruptly. Uh, Jake from Sixteen Candles. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I didn't know he did another movie. He was like the coolest kid in those any of those movies at Sixteen Candles. In in, in, in those movies, Sixteen Candles being one of them. Like Jake, that yeah. guy was the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah. Oh, he was handsome. He, he had was, a Rolls you know, Royce and a Porsche. Yeah. Like, he's got some great cars. He had a hot girlfriend, at least until her hair got stuck in the door. <laughs> what happened to Jake? It's just like what happened to Demone. Those guys must be selling real estate now and yeah. doing like the occasional Comic Con show stuff like that. I don't know. I suppose yeah, pandemic really fucked that up. Yeah, Demone. I'd pay for a Demone autograph. Oh heck yeah! I uh, haven't signed my tits. I think. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think one of our mutual friends ran into Ron Jeremy at. A trade show, and I think he has a photo with him. I'm not sure. That that feels Ron, that feels right. Ron Jeremy dead? No, uh, Ron no, Jeremy he just got jail for yeah, a long he's going time. to jail yes, for for assault. This was pre you know assault knowledge yeah. days. But whatever. well, we have a friend that looks just like Damone, so we do. We're all right. We do on that front. All right, that brings us to our number ones. Is it really? Uh huh. We have cruised through this. Well, I think that we probably landed on the same number one. You know, I tried my darndest to not make this my number one. So did I. I tried my darndest. It It is such a trope for this I, band. I saw, I'm, I, we're doing Journey, I'm like, okay, well, it's not going to be number one. It might make the list, but <laughs> right. it won't make the number one because that's some bullshit. Yeah. Everybody is going to be like, of course, that's the number one song. And it is. It just I, is. I couldn't get away from it. And of course, it's Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. Awesome song. Now it's been so overplayed. I don't know that I even listened to it fully when prepping for this, 
because I just, it's been so badly overplayed. I listened to the first 12 bars just to make sure, because I made my list and I'm like, fuck man, is it, is it really that much better than every one of those? And let me let me play, and, and even from the very first keynote, yeah, it's like, yeah, it is. It's it, a it classic keyboard riff. Yeah. The, the second, the, the first note is played, you know exactly what you're listening to. Oh yeah. You know exactly what that song is. And it's, you know, I, when I was making my list, I, I think I was like, All right, you know, I'm going to put this down maybe four or five. And then I'm listening to their stuff and I'm like, oh, I like this song. And I'm going to put that here. Well, but don't stop believing. still better than that. And I pushed it up one. And then I kept pushing it up one and pushing it. Oh, motherfucker, this is going to be number one. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's, there's a couple things about this song that are, that are pretty unique. One of the things is they don't get to the chorus until there's 40 seconds of the song left. It's a four-minute song. They don't sing the chorus until there's 40 seconds of song left. Now, that's kind of unusual. I had not realized that. Yeah, that's unusual, an unusual aspect of any song, much less a pop song. It's a sneaky song because it's, it comes in and out with different instruments. Neil Schoen's, you know, intro with his guitar is nothing short of just, like, everybody tries to mimic it, right? You can't yeah. help but play air guitar to that, you know, in, introductional squeal in between Perry's lyrics. And Perry's lyrics are perfect. They're, it's, like, tell a story yeah. that is, like, I'm in. Yeah. All the way. Yeah, Let's absolutely. Let's sing together, Steve. And his and voice is super else. clean. Yeah, the vocals are super clean. Yeah. There's nothing that, like... You don't catch them like cheap perfume. I love it. I don't give a fuck if I'm out of tune or not. Everybody loves it. Yeah, it's amazing. So they, I looked into this a little bit. He references South Detroit. There is no South Detroit. South Detroit is Windsor, Canada. Yeah. When he was writing the lyrics, he was like, "I tried to use West Detroit. I tried to use North Detroit. It didn't fit. South Detroit just fit right in. So I made it South Detroit. Yeah, melodically it does. Yeah." He wrote it while he was, they had done a show in Detroit, and afterwards he was out kind of meandering the streets of Detroit, and people were out walking around, and that's where he came up with the song. His reference to streetlight people comes from him watching people walk around in the streets of Detroit after, you know, after the show. Deep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and here's something where I did a little math on as well. So this song has just over a billion listens on Spotify alone. So that's just Spotify. That's not iTunes or anything else. Just on Spotify alone, they have uh, a little over a billion listens. Now, Spotify pays about a quarter of a penny per play. It's actually something less. But for the sake of, of easy math, let's use a quarter of a cent per play. You know what that means is they have made $2.5 million on a billion plays of this song. Now that's bullshit. Yeah. So that's bullshit. Here's another way to think. A billion is a really big number. That's a lot of. So here's another way to consider it. Like how many hours is that? It's a four-minute song. A billion plays is sixty-seven million hours of playtime. Sixty-seven million hours of (laughs) playtime, and they made two and a half million dollars off of that. And that's just what the the overall group gets paid, like management and producers sure, and yeah, everything. So they're not actually pulling two and a half, million, right? God, damn. when you break it down that way, you're like, holy shit! You can't have like again, like that's one of the biggest. I bet I would bet you that's like one of the biggest plays out there. Like uh, Drake has ones that are doing it, and Taylor Swift. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I think I think the top is actually it's like multiple billion. It's the um, Mariah Carey one. 
no, well, it's the redheaded guy f- um, who's Rick Astley. No, no, he's more <laughs> oh, modern. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Oh, his his I think is the most played, and I I didn't look it up, but I want to say that's crazy. that's like two plus a billion plays, and you're making two and a half million <laughs> two and a half million dollars on sixty seven million hours of of time. Wow, you have entertained people for sixty seven million hours. And I didn't do the math backwards on it to see what that is per hour, but <laughs> it's it's not gonna be much. That's bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. Yeah. No, I I this song's iconic. Everything about mm-hmm. it's iconic. Here's... I I like the the effect that he puts on his on his bass. It's got a little womp, 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 you know kind of sound on his on his bass. That missed um, me. The <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> Worthless. Um, I, I think I think uh, Shone's guitar solos in this are great. Yeah. You can sing along to every note without having heard the song. You yeah. just know it. You know his solos. They're simple, but they they do exactly what you want them to do. And, yeah. And I, yeah. It's a the great only song. complaint I have about this song is that the, the Chicago White Sox pirated this oh, song yes. in 2004 on their phony run to the least watched <laughs> World Series in World Series history. <laughs> and nobody gives a shit about it, but they fucking, they pirated this song for a good two or three months. And it's like now it's. It's now it's been blazing in my brain when I hear this song. Part of it is like I see that stupid socks logo floating around in my brain. And that's what really pisses me off about this song. You're going to alienate 5% of our audience. Ooh, yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> Do you remember when Go listen didn't to Steve Perry jump up on some yeah. sort of stage when yes, they were celebrating that thing and he yes. and he tried to sing it and it didn't work and oh boy. Well, that kind of brings us to like the MVP of this group. Okay? Who do you have as MVP? So, you know, I like, as we've been doing in some of our other podcasts, some of them we've talked about members, some of them we've talked about different aspects of the band. In this one, I had to go with both Shone and Perry together because I think Shone's songwriting here is is better than than Perry alone. But you don't have Journey without Steve Perry. You don't it have just Journey doesn't work. That's, that's my point. Like, Steve Perry is my MVP, Neil Schoen was a established musician in an established band for a long time. He would have continued to be a working musician, and you know he's a very talented guy. Steve Perry comes to this band and makes them superstars all throughout the 80s, yeah. from 1978 to 87, and superstars. When they break up, Journey still has a life, but with a guy that sounds exactly like Pineda. Notice we are not singing along with the songs that Journey recorded after 1987. Right. There are a couple of albums. Nobody fucking knows who they are. Right, right. Um, and Pineda, all he does is, well, what he does is does a very good Steve Perry impersonation. Steve Perry is the reason why Journey exists in, in the, uh, you know, in the headspace oh, that we know. Without a doubt. Because, like I said, like Neil Schoen would have not had a band, but. It wouldn't have been Journey. And I think I think Steve Perry can write songs, right? He listen did. to O'Sherry, listen. And I yeah. don't know. There was I looked at some of his other solo stuff, and I think I recognized one of them. Not that great. didn't move the needle for None me. None of his great. Um, so that's why I do give Sean some more credit, because yeah. if it was up to Steve Perry to write all the music, and I, I don't think Sean was the only songwriter. In fact, uh, I well, think that keyboardist had a lot. The keyboardist had a lot to do it. In fact, the keyboardist came up with the name "Don't Stop Believing" because his father, when when he was trying to break into the music industry, 
he would call his dad and say, you know, I'm failing. I'm not getting anywhere. No one's listening to me. Nobody wants me, blah, blah, blah. And the dad would say, hey, man, don't stop believing or you're toast. Mm. And so that's where the name of the song came from. Uh, now, I don't know how much that can, how much that guy contributed to the writing <laughs> of the music it's itself. It's a cut but... of that two and a half mil. <laughs> yeah, big cut. What an insult. Right. Jesus Christ. All right. So that brings us to your most hated. Ooh. I think they're all on your top five list. <laughs> but when You can't name a Rush song as your most hated for Journey. I'm just going to call that out now. La Via Strangiada. So when, we're, when I got to the studio uh, this afternoon, and, you know, Kirk, of course, is never on time for anything, so I have to wait around. And he's upstairs whistling and humming a tune. <laughs> and in the same breath, I am also humming the same fucking tune because it's such a fucking... I don't know what it, It's like such an earworm that it gets in there and it just won't come out. The, the girl can't help it. just can't fuck like he said that's one of that's that song that's on the greatest hits album and it's like right after like a song that you would always definitely play and listen to and then all of a sudden like it would that song would end um you would turn around to grab your beer and this song would come on (laughs) you'd have to you'd have to lunge for the stereo (laughs) to hit the skip button like i don't care if it's I don't care if it's Mariah Carey coming up next. We're moving on. It's that stupid hook at the beginning. Oh. You can't get it out of your head. I fucking can't stand it's it. Like the, now it's going to be stuck in your head. Like too. I said, it's like the, the whistle from uh, from Catching Fire or whatever the... Yeah, but there's a lot of there's a lot of songs on, on uh, like we talked about earlier, that just make me mad uh, from Journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and some like, of them... Any way you want it. I will give any way you want it a pass because it is one of a, it's part of a great scene in Caddyshack. Right, right. Um, and Rodney Dangerfield like carries that song. Yeah, right through. and you have to dance like Rodney whenever you hear it. No, it's just no option. <laughs> um, and hopefully you're dressed like him too. Um, so I'll give them, I'll give that that a pass. But like separate ways and like just all those others, like uh, it's just. Uh, that song, though, in particular. All right. Well, Oofa. mine, I knew this. So as I'm thinking about what we're going to do today, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with what's going to make it in the top five. I knew this the second I thought of it. The second <laughs> we even talked about doing Journey, I knew it. <laughs> Check that off. Oh, it was like I don't have to worry about it. Open arms. We sail on It's, it is such sap. It's so, ugh. Let's be honest, though, Kerry. In the throes of our breakups, Faithfully is on there. But isn't and, and it faithfully is Faithfully is sappy, yeah. No, Open Arms never made not? it end. No, no, no. I did not like this song ever. And I know that, you know, 
various. It, yeah, you know, I think you're onto something there because I don't think it's in in my breakup repertoire no. either. Um, because you're right, it was just way too. It's like, all right, let's get serious here. Yeah, no, it <laughs> it's just, not that bad. It was terrible. And I think that's the reason why, like this song, "Open Arms," and um, another song from like my very favorite band of all time, often my very favorite album of them. Um, the the least favorite song I have, "Love Bites." "Love Bites" and "Open Arms" are very very similar songs. Yeah, just a little too much syrup. Guys. Right, right. A little too much. Yeah, I'm sticking to whatever it. I'm sitting on after listening to this song. It's like walking around in the old York movie theater. You remember you walking yeah. through there? It was tough to walk. It was like high gravity because there was so much soda dried to the floor. Yeah, it that's, was difficult to it's like walk. We on just it. spilled open arms all over the place and let it dry out. <laughs> uh, you ran out of open arms here. Put some love bites over there. <laughs> Dare you to make it out? All right. What's uh? What's your best four seconds? Um, god damn it! I always I had it. Oh, um, come back to me. I all always right. tell you to come back to me, but I have it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so I had, uh, and you've already mentioned this, actually. Uh, I've got two. One of them is that guitar trill into the drum crash on Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. A singer in a smoky room A smell of wine and cheese I, I just that's a sort of iconic build that, that they, they're building everything up and then it hits the two double hits the bum bum and and then he goes on and continues singing and then if you say the intro to separate ways I'm leaving this is... <laughs> actually it's not it's the ending of separate ways the final <laughs> vocals in separate ways fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky it's the end. <laughs> I don't even know how that goes because I always turn that fucking song off or walk out of the room when, by the time it ends. I'm oh. sure we'll get a good taste taste of it. I'm sure you're going to hear a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you figure out what yeah, your I, uh, I tops did. are? It's, it is. I'm, I referenced it before. The, uh, the phaser drum solo. And it's not a really a drum solo. It's kind of like a drum intro to a guitar solo. Um, it's very much in line with the Don't Stop Believing um uh, solo that Sean has, um, but it's this one's a, um, it, it's introed by the like they have this cool effect on the drums. It's uh, it's neat. I like it, and then Neil Sean's solo that rips into it is is much better. Much better. I like it much better than the Don't Stop with Leaving one. And that one's top notch too. Okay. Cool. Uh, that brings we us got our rankings? to, well, well Sisters of Mercy. Oh, yeah. Do I want more of this? Do you want more? Please. Listen, it's just like I'm not getting up to turn it off, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if it's on, like on my playlist. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> if my phone is right there and I can press forward, I probably would. <laughs> I'll listen to like you know the first forty seconds and then so yeah no I'm... they're fun songs to play on rock band for whatever that's worth yeah but that, I mean, that rock band is like ten years old like, yeah I mean I haven't played rock band in years played rock but... band anymore 
<laughs> if if I played Rock Band, I would be happy to play one of these songs. I mean, I think. it's I, I'm not going on my way to to no, listen to Journey. No. It's it's like it, when you're with people, like when we are allowed to be with human beings again, like it comes on at a party or at a, yeah. at a party or at a bar, and it doesn't bother you. Yeah, I'm not picking it out when I'm going to the jukebox at no. the, the local gin mill. But no, I am I'm... not. Never would I ever pay to hear "Don't Stop Believing" again. No. I mean, no. but when it comes on, right. it's like, let's sing together. Right. And one of the reasons I wrestled so much with putting that as my number one is you think about shit like that that fucking socks, you know, rally yeah. or a political, you know, rally. I'm sure it's been used ad nauseum for political means. Uh, I think so. Uh, and you just get the drunken, almost kind of image of, you know, people with their arms around each other singing this song at the top of their lungs. And it's it's irritating. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's, I mean, to answer this question shortly, no, I don't want any more. If it's in my, if it's in the vicinity. You're not, not going to run I, away. I don't know. You know, like we, we already started talking about this. Like we came into this angry, <laughs> angry for no reason. For some reason I found Journey pissed me off and probably because it brought back a lot of memories of some really rather unhappy Did times Did you listen to anything life. else though? <laughs> Was it just faithfully yeah, and, was, and I'm so sad yeah. I'm was Luke and Chloe Dancer by Mother Lovebone <laughs> that one, that's when you went deep in oh there. yeah that's I was into the brown liquor by that point by that point of the night I should be dancing tables <laughs> see if it stayed with me things would have turned out different that's right <laughs> alright that brings us to our rankings uh, no John have... Wade John Wade big you know big heartbreak guy John Wade Maybe we'll have to do that as another list. We can do that. Ooh, that's a good one. All right, we've got catalog, talent, and coolness. Uh, For catalog, and I'm I'm dinging these guys kind of hard because there was so many friggin' ballads. Mm. I'm going with uh, I'm going with a two point eight. Yeah, I had them at a two. Like, there's nothing beyond that that uh, greatest hits album, and that greatest hits album is maybe twelve, ten or twelve deep. Yeah. No. Yeah, not cutting it, and and half of those songs are "Wheel in the Sky" and "Fucking I Don't Need Any More of That Shit." <laughs> Wheel in the <laughs> sky. I mean, why? Why did the phrasing of those lyrics make me so angry? They just come. They just come up from like they bring it up from the knees. Wheel in the sky. Jesus, I don't like it. easy to make fun of too it's low hanging fruit <laughs> it is it is yeah i had them in it. the catalog ain't worse shit all right for talent i gave these guys a four uh and i would say three and a half of that is steve perry um oh come on shown is a great guitarist yeah, yeah but he really didn't show off no he like was, that's the thing he he wasn't the eddie van halen my ego is is gonna run things here kind of guy so yeah no he you doesn't know, sound he, like that kind of guy he was he was better than that and actually you know think about steve let my Perry. hair do the talking <laughs> as i walk sideways through doors um you know you talk just for a second when you think about your favorite lead singers i'm not talking about front men and you can incorporate that if you want but, Talented but singers. Vocalists, vocalists for a band. And I thought about this and I wrestled as well. Is he top five, top 10, 15, 20, 50? And I think for me, he probably settles. I would be comfortable saying he settles into a top 20 range for me. Top 20. Top 20. would be stretching it for him. Stretching it. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm putting him much lower than that. You know, there's so many other incredible vocalists. But when you listen to his voice, it brings you exactly 
to a, a very specific place. And okay. that may be a good thing. That may be a bad thing. I, he, he's got a talent <laughs> that few other people have. You really don't. There's not a lot of voices like his, male voices like his in music. Uh, you know, I just I think this guy this guy's a top twenty vocalist. Okay, all right. Well, it sounds like another topic for a different show. Um, I, I like that, like top twenty, like yeah. vocalists. We can add that. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's, it, I want to see if fucking Rick Perry makes that list. Rick Perry. <laughs> Rick Perry's the governor, the ex governor of Texas, and a fine, upstanding citizen, <laughs> and a great singer. <laughs> That's why I mentioned him. <laughs> all right, what's your rankings? Uh, what did I have here? Did I? Uh, oh, my, I my artistry, all mine, yeah. artistry for me was just at a two. Nothing spectacular here. There's nothing. Their nothing, talent? Really? Yeah. There's nothing. Nothing against like a guy like Neil Schoen. He's a fine guitarist and very talented professional musician. But I mean, when we're talking about ranking against, you know, you know, the titans of the industry, sure. like he just doesn't, you know, doesn't stand out. Okay. You know, he's not on the stage with Prince or you know. Even like you know Angus Young, he's just like he's okay. Yeah, he he's got a couple of flaring solos, but you know you expect a guy who's a professional musician to be able to do that. Right, right. So his talent isn't just you know extra stellar. There wasn't you know the rhythm section was perfectly fine, I guess, because you didn't notice him, and I guess that's what you asked for your rhythm section. And and Steve Perry is you know his his sound is different, but doesn't I don't know that makes him better. He's just got a different sound, which yeah. is, you know, unique to Journey, and that's why Journey is what they are. But, like, I don't see any specific talents there that are, like, soaring talents. Like, he's not a Freddie Mercury type. So, like, two, you okay. know? All right. Coolness factor. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually, to. as I'm looking at this number, I'm dropping it a little further. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I had him... <laughs> I had him at a three and a half, and uh, we're on a scale of one to five here, and, and three and a half is a bit high here. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to... All right, we had a, a bit of technical difficulty there while my partner manhandled the microphone. I fell off my chair because you originally had said that the coolness factor for Journey is a 3.5. And then, like, we had some serious talks. We had to bring in the counselor to, uh, you know, convince him that that was wrong. I have, I've dropped him to a 3, which is already probably too high. But Way I, too high. I feel like uh, I, we'll, we'll go middle of the road. That would be a 2.5. <laughs> That's Okay. <laughs> I have their coolest factor down to a one. Right, that would and be a two and it. a half. That's it. I'm not giving them anything more. They're a one cool fact. They just were never cool. Like, it was not cool to run around with a Journey Frontier shirt on. And there were kids at York that had them. <laughs> oh, sure there were. And I don't get that fucking, like, the scarab on every fucking album cover. What was the album cover? I don't know. They were a weird even... album. Their album art was odd. But it was all a scarab. Was it? Yeah. Every single one. Wasn't Journey, like, a galaxy? Or, um, Frontiers? A galaxy? Or, no, or no, no! It's the scarab, escape. the scarab that's broke apart because oh. it's entering the frontiers. Who the fuck knows? I don't know, but I didn't care enough I to know. do the research. Never had one on of their it. albums. Yeah, neither did I. So I have their their talents down or their coolness factor down to a one. So when we average all of those together, they come up with a composite average score. That doesn't make any sense. A composite score of uh, a two point five one, which puts them at the bottom of our list, woefully at the bottom. Underneath uh, Phil Collins, who sits at a 2.9. That feels about right. Yeah, it, absolutely yeah. it feels right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Phil Collins is up there so much. <laughs> I'm giving Genesis a lot of credit there. They did pull a lot of the weight there. Yeah. Listen to Genesis. It's a good episode. All right. Well, that brings our journey to an end. Oof. You like what I did there? Come on now. Come on. <laughs> 
Thank you very much for listening. You can follow us on social media at two, the number two, idiots and a list, all one word. You can follow us on Facebook by searching the same, and you can now find us on Spotify on a publicly available playlist under the same name. Just use the number two when you spell it. Our Spotify list has all the music we've talked about on this pod and all the other ones. Enjoy. (laughs) Enjoy the journey. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again.